Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pardon My Pancreas. My name is Matt Vandevecht, and I'm a certified trainer and nutritionist, one of your hosts today, and the other host is Ali Abdul Karim. He is a social media influencer, an incredible guy, and we are both type 1 diabetics here to share our knowledge and experiences with you. We occasionally interview people that are very knowledgeable in the diabetic world, sometimes doctors, sometimes influencers, people living with it. And this episode is brought to you by FTF Warrior, an online health coaching company for diabetics. And we will go further by saying this is not medical advice in any manner. We are not doctors. We will never be doctors. And nothing said on this podcast is meant to replace your doctor's order. So consult your doctors before you make changes. Without any further ado, let's get into... Welcome to another episode of the Pardon My Pancreas podcast. I am your co-host, Ali Abdukarim, and next to me, I have my really good friend, Matt Toronto, a.k.a. The Drop. Yo, How what's you doing, up, Matt? What's up, man? How are you? What's going on? Not much, man. I'm really happy you're here. You're in San Diego now, and uh, you were in L.A. What's, uh, what's going on here in San Diego? Oh, man. So I, I was uh, looking for some work opportunity up in Los Angeles. Yeah, so I moved from... Los Angeles, I was looking for work opportunities up there, and I did not see anything that was going to fit my work-life balance uh, projection that I saw for myself. And then uh, I started applying to places in San Diego, and through a camp and a uh, organization called Riding on Insulin, I met an individual who worked at Tandem Diabetes, and ultimately now that is uh, my place of employment. So uh, they are located down here in San Diego. I made the move just less than a month ago, and it's fresh, and uh, the weather seems pretty consistent with what happens up there in Los Angeles, uh, but there's just a better uh, vibe and feeling where I am, and um, it's a lot less stressful for me now. So um, yeah, it's a great fit, and I'm very happy to be here in San Diego. Congratulations on the job, man. Tan Diabetes is an amazing company. Yeah, very, very um, good what responsibilities do you have there? Like, what do you do exactly in tandem? Uh, so I get to, uh, I get to help patients every single day, uh, who are inquiring and looking for opportunities, uh, different from what they're currently doing for insulin therapy. Right. Yeah. So, uh, my, my role at tandem is awesome. I'm, I'm very happy to, to be at that company. It's an amazing opportunity. So, yeah. uh, what I'm doing right now is helping patients who are seeking different insulin therapy options. If you're currently taking MDI or um, using a pump that is not one of Tandem's, I would help uh, bridge some gaps mm. in knowledge, right. explain the new technology, help understand how Dexcom and Tandem work together, and then uh, take care of whatever the questions and, and needs that you need. So yeah, that's my job right now. I'm one of the first steps in their process, so if you call in, uh, you'll likely get myself. But my opportunity has tremendously uh, developed into something that's uh, exciting and new. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a, a, an awesome opportunity for me. Yeah. As someone who was on MDI, I don't know how long, how long ago was it you were on MDI? Almost eight years, nine years now, probably. Wow. Okay. So what Almost made you switch years. to a pump? So ultimately, the decision was based on how well I thought I was taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't think using daily injections was satisfying my needs because there were too many loose ends. Mm. There were too many times where I didn't have to pick the pen up to take a shot 
where I could just simply eat, go on about my day. If my blood was a little high, maybe I'd fall asleep. The problems were were becoming uh, more obvious, though, the older that I was getting. So as soon as I graduated college, I needed a pump. Yeah. Uh, that was the next logical step for me. So I, I got on the uh, Minimed 530G, I think. Mm. Pretty sure that was my first pump. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's where I ended up. Yeah, and then currently you're on... Omnipod, right? Correct. So Correct. I used Medtronic for about seven years. Uh-huh. And I've been on Omnipod for the last two and a half, almost three. Okay. And then I'm assuming you're making the switch to Tandem, I heard on your story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm very excited uh, to start using the X2. I've just got a little bit uh, of time now before my insurance starts to kick in. And uh, I can move over to the Tandem pump. So... Yeah, dealing with insurance and, and working through those those issues has definitely become more obvious now that I've worked for a, a medical device company. Yeah, I mean, it's great with Ava, not Tandem. <laughs> uh, with Tandem, they have the new Basil IQ. How do you feel about that? Are you looking into that? or? Yeah, that's, that's going to be a huge addition to my lifestyle. Um, yeah. I'm very active, and what ends up happening very. is... Because my body, so because my body is continuously burning calories and putting me in a position where a low blood sugar is almost eminent, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the basal IQ helps prevent that from ever happening. Yeah, uh, not just you know one time or or maybe two times a week. It's like every single day. The technology is designed. The algorithm is designed specifically to help you prevent low blood sugars. Right, and it's not like a managing highs. It's just. But yeah, yeah. I mean, basal IQ is it's 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 an amazing addition for anybody that's looking to better their insulin therapy right now. If they're using a CGM, you you know what it is, right? Yeah, basically those people who are, it's basically like a, I want to say it prevents lows and it predicts your lows and it cuts your basal off in a sense. Like it either goes to a zero basal or like it reduces your basal. I don't know how that works exactly. It would suspend your basal until you start to. To, to come up again once right. you start to rise uh it, it it's based on the number of points on your dexcom that you rise in in over a certain amount of time wow so um yeah and 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 hats off to the individuals who i now work with um who developed this technology who yeah. put this out there because uh, not all of them are type ones yeah. but they understand what it is that we deal with so yeah. Um, it's truly a testament to hard work and, and engineering and, and ingenuity because uh, it's definitely the the best option right now I see for people who are looking to to suspend their their pump during low low glucose episodes. Yeah. Funny thing though is Matt, my co-host, uh, he's on basal IQ and he told me he's barely getting lows. It's crazy. He'll tell me he barely eats tabs now. He's just barely correcting. And when we first met, we met back in Santa Monica. It was a funny story how we met. We literally just stayed on the phone for like hours talking <laughs> about music videos yeah. and all this stuff with diabetes content. I know you were a Beyond Type 1 ambassador for those of people that don't, that don't know. Um, and then I got to your spot and there's something really amazing you taught me and I'll never forget. And you know, um, Tarika has told me and my mom has always told me too is I was about to correct my blood sugar. It was high. And you're like, let's go for a walk. And you're a big advocate for basically walk off activity blood sugar and i'm not this is not no way saying you know don't dose if you need to dose just you're an advocate you personally matt toronto you see a high blood sugar let's go for a walk first do you think my last name's toronto 
It's not Toronto, is it? It's Taro. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's the funniest part. How did I spell it? I spell it Toronto is a city. Toronto. In Canada. Toronto. Oh man, that's that just made my entire day. Oh my god, yeah. Think about how many times people get my last name wrong. Oh yeah, no, that's that's true. That's true. So But yours is easy. Let's give you the benefit Mine's not. Oh yeah, mine's only a couple letters. Yeah, mine's like eighteen letters. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the whole low blood sugar thing is is amazing. I I brought gummy bears and fruit leathers into the office and put it on my desk. Not like a hey, anybody that wants these items can come take them, but mm-hmm. like hey, if you have a low blood sugar, <laughs> you can come take it. No one but me eats them because I'm <laughs> the only person that's not on basal IQ. Yeah, wow. That's Everybody amazing. in my office who's a type one wow. is now on a tandem pump or already was on a tandem pump. Right. And they don't need the low snacks. Wow. So the so the entire bowl has just sat on my desk since I got there and now my mind is blown because I'm like, oh my God. That's I mean, just calories, it's sugar, it's fat, it's all the stuff that it's you the need. extra stuff we don't need just yeah. because of you know, we don't want to limit our disease, especially people that are trying to, you know. But yeah, I just, it's crazy that the bowl, that this bowl of fruit snacks has just sat on my desk and I'm the only person that, <laughs> that, comes, that comes to eat out of it. Yeah, and, and it's funny, like I, I, I now laugh at it and my manager, whose wife is a type one, who's, whose cube is right across from mine, mm. uh, he came over and took some fruit snacks and I was like, you might as well. And no one else here needs them. So, yeah, I think it's great. And, and I'm, you know, I'm glad that Matt's been using uh, the technology. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a great addition for a lot of our patients. Yeah, and the, the amazing thing is it's not going to be called Loop with Tandem. They have basal IQ from what I heard. And then they're going to adjust something with, I don't know, high. So, basically, that becomes Loop, essentially. And I don't know if you've ever looked into being into Loop as an Omnipod user. I have, and, and thinking about looping um, is something that it's kept me up, it's provided some stress, it's given me a lot of, of time to think about how I see myself managing my disease versus how I see my devices managing my disease. Yeah, I currently use my devices right now to manage my disease, but looping puts me in a position to just kind of freely open up my life to these these devices and say here you do it and and that's a really interesting approach to um managing my diabetes because very very early on i was taking a uh, a syringe and putting humalog and nph in a syringe at the in the same syringe the same syringe wow you you probably told me the story yeah and then that was my dose in the morning yeah. and the NPH would work in the afternoon when I was taking lunch mm. and then at night I would take Humalog before bed. Wow. And so that's what my insulin therapy was when I first started. Yeah. And now I'm going to have my two devices talk to each other and manage all of that for me. With one insulin. With one, yeah. Oh, oh man, and that, the, all that, all that technology oh, yeah, with yeah. one insulin, which is crazy yeah. because you, when did you first get diagnosed? I was diagnosed in 2002. Okay. And that put my parents in a unique position because um, both of them being in the medical field, my father a doctor and my mother a nurse, that propelled my timeline tremendously in the hospital. I was there for like two days. 
they're like, oh, you're going home with these two medical representatives, these two people who work in the medical field, you're fine, yeah. right? You have diabetes, like here's insulin, here's syringes, here's a little bit of information, see you later. Yeah. Uh, my parents were very familiar with taking, drawing up vials of, of, of whatever was needed, right? Yeah. My mother was a nurse, my father was a doctor. That, wow. So for me, I had that in my home. Mm. That was never further than my parents' bedroom. If I was, was 16, 17, and I had a problem in the middle of the night, they were right on the other side of the, the hall, you know? So yeah. they, they were right there. Um, so I was extremely blessed and fortunate to, to have had that opportunity. Yeah. That allowed for my insulin therapy to be pretty consistent. I was taking care of it on my own after the first year. Mm. But I had a significant amount of help. And you think about kids that are under five years old yeah. who are diagnosed, can't tie their own shoe. Mm-mm. You want them to count carbs and dose insulin, um, but they end up doing it. And they show the older individuals how simple it can be when you just put your mind to taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was the biggest thing from each of your parents, what did they teach you from your mom and your dad? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. So, or, or, or they haven't asked me in a very, very long time. But I think for my parents, individually, respectfully, um, I got a lot from both of them. From my mother, though, uh, I truly understood what the human soul was was consisted of like what it was made of what mm. the fibers of the human soul looked like um that was something that she showed me and she did very clearly um and uh my father and, and that's not in so much the medical terms right the soul isn't anything no. you're gonna find in a medical <laughs> book um but you reference the fibers and that type of thing and you think about like it's a tangible thing right you can see somebody my mother taught me how to dance Wow. Yeah, I'm a balding 33-year-old white guy. Uh, I, 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 most people would look at me and laugh, but dancing is one of my favorite things to do because my mother would drag me out on the dance floor and go, okay, now you're dancing with me, let's go. <laughs> I and never so knew I, this. Yeah, wow. so, I, so like that's the type of... So I love to do those sorts of things where you just kind of let yourself be yourself. Yeah. So that's what my mother taught me. And my, and my father was uh, art and photography so and, and then like understanding that you have a passion because uh he gave me my first camera he took wow. me out to to do my my first shoot like that type of stuff yeah when i was really young yeah um yeah so like like that respectfully but like yeah. that's where i got that stuff from uh, that's partly from you know just being in this area in san diego that partly comes from like what my parents taught me about art um it allows for you to be an artist and be yourself if you want to make movies, you want to shoot video, you want yeah. to paint, you want to do all that stuff. Um, you know, in the park this morning where I took the dog was, uh, was a paint meetup. Wow. It was a paint out. And it, was, uh, it wasn't your street art, normal street photography, graffiti style paint out. It was, uh, it was an organized easel and watercolor and nobody under a certain age type of thing. Um, yeah, they were all experienced artists. And so that made me think a lot about, oh, being here and like, oh, and just wanting to do what, whatever you feel like doing. So being in San Diego and allowing myself to kind of open it up and, and explore and, and that, 
you feel pressured in Los Angeles, whereas San Diego allows you to kind of do that. More, yeah, yeah, more that makes yourself. sense. So, from your mom and dad, it seems like a a beautiful uh, marriage. No pun intended on you. What you created, you know. I look around. You have all this artwork. <laughs> you got photography. You got so many things with the diabetes community. How did you get involved with? Um, artwork and diabetes and photography with diabetes and just that in general and even just diabetes. yeah that's all been um, that was more of like an aha moment where I realized that something I had such a deep passion and devotion to which was not just creating art but also telling stories through art yeah so my paintings the paintings that I have being able to tell stories through my art um, yeah that that element in my uh, in my tool bag, right? Like having my ability to paint a picture and say, this is what I see, and then allow others to kind of step into that world and say, I see that or I don't. Uh, that, that excites me. And when it has to do with diabetes, even more so. For the people that don't know, what kind of artwork do you create? One of your most famous ones in the community. Uh, I've done a bunch of street art re- recently, which was nowhere illegal it was all in venice at the public venice art walls which is on on the beach but yeah. um that was a big one that one those big those one. yeah that was fun and i probably did like four or five there and um the goal behind that was helping troubled kids or kids that found themselves in positions uh where diabetes was a bit challenging and um you know it, maybe only another diabetic could could step in and say hey uh, come with me let's try something different Um, that was street art and that's spray paint and using stencils and kind of getting out there so uh, I did that like uh, twice with an individual Um, his name's Owen he's 13 he's awesome okay yeah yeah so um, I did it with Owen twice but um, you know they kids will find themselves in difficult positions where um, their leadership only has so much knowledge and only so much that they can do from experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because Owen's mother is, is an amazing woman. She's very smart. But at the same time, she's not herself a type 1 diabetic. So to be able to speak from what you and I live every day, mm-hmm. um, you know, that comes from my years as a camp counselor and camp director. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's so I, I worked with kids age uh, 6 to 12 that were type 1 at a camp called Camp Surefire in Rhode Island. Mm. Um, and I worked there as soon as I was 16 and I was diagnosed, uh, like the, that next summer I was, I was working at that camp. Wow. So when I turned, uh, just before I turned 17, um, I was at Camp Surefire and that was my first time there. And I was my first time at diabetic camp wow. was I was 16 years old. So that gave me an opportunity to kind of examine where I had not quote unquote missed out, but. Where I, where I didn't have the experience, where I didn't know what kids were going through. Yeah. And then I learned. Yeah. And that was a crazy learning process because it happened once a week. Usually the camp was only two or three days. Um, by the end of the, the time I was working there, it was almost five days. But it was a week each year that I would go back. And I've now just started going through some of the footage that I had recovered from a hard drive that had been damaged from like five years ago, where I went back to camp, or six or seven years ago, where I went back to camp just to visit. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to watch. I I remember kids that were six when I first started that are now 
LIT leadership and training counselors who are 13, 14, 15 years old, 16 years old, who now all these year later, years later are becoming those representatives in the community. And that's what I think anybody who gives back to the community should want. It's yeah. not about having followers yeah. oh in the God. sense of likes and, and shares, more so in the impact of having people who want to mimic and recreate the, 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 what you do yeah. um, and, and a, in a positive way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it may not be me individually, but anybody who's in that position, any camp director, any camp counselor, any, any leader in training, any kid who's 13, 14, 15, who's thinking about taking on that position, they should do it. They, they should not only do it, they should jump in head first. Take on your volunteer leadership positions that you can. Find ways to be involved and then learn from the individuals who put themselves out there to do so. Yeah, right, right. I mean, there's, uh, I think about the impact you've made on Owen. You know, he was like sitting there right next to you and like he's watching all this going. He's like, wow, this is crazy. But he just, he, you know, it was more of just, you know, he needed a diabetic friend. Yeah. And that was, was something that I was happy to, to accommodate with while I was in Los Angeles because. Um, and I'm still friends with Owen. He, he sent me an Instagram message today. I asked him how his Dexcom was going. He said, good. I said, how good? He said, very. So we don't talk much. Very, very quick. Uh, online. But in person, uh, we really get to, to kind of level with each other. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not some random person who, who you know, you don't know the, the cracks. I talk about all that other stuff that I, that, oh, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm doing. So, yeah. um, He's got a good idea of who I am, and, and I now know who he is. So I consider him a friend, and that's like yeah. it's awesome to be able to do that for people because it's not about me getting rewarded in any sense, but boy, is it rewarding to, to help people. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's something I think both of my parents, that unison, that, that joint bond that they gave me yeah. um, from, from their marriage, uh, that's what I got out of, of yeah. their relationship yeah. was regardless of it, to what degree or, or what manner you help people, you, sh- you should try to be doing so. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's so many things you taught me personally from when I first met you to today. And the, the one thing you mentioned with Owen that reminds me is like, you go to meetups, you go to places. Sometimes it's not even about the meetup. Like, let's say you're going for a meetup about photography and mm-hmm. diabetes or artwork and diabetes. It's not even essentially just about the artwork, but it's about connecting with other people with diabetes. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a, uh, it's a main theme, I think, that a lot of people have adopted uh, when they host meetups. You know, they, yeah. <clears throat> the flashy, hey, this is what I have for you, or hey, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're giving away. At the end of the day, it's great. And they know that, but they also know the, 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 the value that is brought from just bringing people together and saying, hey, we're all the same. Yeah. Like we all live with the same disease. You may use shots. You may use Omnipods. You may use Medtronic. You may use Tandem. You may use Novolog. You may use low-carb. You may Basically. use high-carb. <laughs> but at the end of the day, no one here has a functioning pancreas, right? which is no longer just like a, a head-scratcher. Mm-hmm. It's it's linked because of its name to an epidemic yeah. uh, and it's seen as the stepchild of a disease that's uh, just an ultimatum for a lot of people. Yeah. They look at type 2 diabetes and they're like, well, that's just, 
you can be active, you can get out there, you can do the stuff for yourself. So knowing that you can do that for yourself as a type one, and then going out to somebody and being like, hi, my name is Matt, I'm Ali. Hi Ali, have you ever gone rock climbing? You're like, no. And you're like, great, there's a rock climbing gym in uh, Encinitas and we're gonna go next Saturday, are you free? And you look at me like, did this guy just pry his way into my Saturday next weekend? <laughs> Who That's are something you? Matt would do, yeah, too, by the but way. I would call you in the middle of the week to make sure that we're going. And then yeah. when we got there, we would bullshit about type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's the obstacle that we can face and challenge and overcome together. Mm-hmm. What, what are we going to do together that shows that we're the same? that we can do this yeah so um yeah i think the meetups anybody that hosts a meetup anybody that's put themselves out there the beyond type one team is amazing at doing it um beyond type one and then beyond type one daily on instagram uh they've always got their ambassadors out in in the in the community um riding on insulin diabetes sports project are the two most recent nonprofits i've gotten involved with um, and, and that's given me an opportunity to move further into the sports world, yeah. um, the endurance world. Um, Diabetes Sports Project is, 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 is awesome uh, because I, I got to tag along and, and crew for an event. And riding on insulin, I've been a coach. And um, yeah. through that, ultimately, that's how I'm at Tandem. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, so that's a unique um, opportunity uh, and then just a, a blessing in disguise that, yeah. that all that stuff worked out like that. So there's some people listening right now. They don't know what riding on insulin is. What is it? Yeah. So riding on insulin uh, was started by Sean Busby. Uh, him and his wife, Molly, have been uh, world travelers. And they're both respectfully uh, amazing in their own craft. Molly is a yoga instructor and um, she's uh, uh, an amazing representative of mind, body, and spirit. And Sean's, uh, uh, I'm going to grow my beard out and not shower for a week and uh, go snowboard at this, you know, and we're going to climb this mountain. And But Molly's right behind him. So, yeah. uh, you know, Sean's been a type 1 diabetic for uh, a long time. He's from California. Mm. Uh, he is a professional snowboarder, and, and he wanted a way wow. to, to start a camp that allowed kids with type one diabetes to get on the mountain. And then when we get on the mountain, like how can we help teach you about type one? But like you just mentioned before, like let's talk about snowboarding. Yeah. Because ultimately how we snowboard and ski will maybe change our blood sugar. And then all, yeah. we just, it all intertwines with each other. So, um, Sean and, and his wife, Molly have been amazing. Uh, uh, they have been amazing friends, um, but more so mentors and, um, Dustin Askham is the program director there, and uh, he's been integral in building that organization, not just from ski and snowboard, but to mountain bike and now surf camp. Wow. So riding on insulin is, uh, I know I talked about who was involved with it first before I really talk about what it is, but riding on insulin is a camp. Um, it's really for everybody um, who lives with type 1 diabetes or you live with type 2 diabetes and you want to get involved in one of these organization uh, events, um, they happen around the country and then ultimately around the world. Yeah. Uh, we, ho- we hosted a snowboard camp in New Zealand. Um, we're looking into doing one in Japan. Um, we're going to... Uh, Sean and Molly are building a house right now in the Arctic Circle up in Alaska. They already have an off-grid um, home in Homer, Alaska. 
and they have uh, uh, yurt and off-grid living in uh, Whitefish, Montana. And so all of those opportunities for them became realities when they got out of the normal nine to five daily thinking of um, this is what I want to do because everyone else told me I want to do it. And they saw something and, and wanted to create it and they have. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm much more aligned, I think, with the off grid um, trying to trying to go out and create something that not a lot of other people have tried, which Sean and Molly have done yeah. uh, and Dustin have done. So um, kudos and hats off. Like I just I owe now my my career to to those individuals because through the camp that I went to for coaches, I met somebody who works at Tandem who helped me um, just get my resume seen. Wow. And lo and behold, you're in and San now, Diego. And now I'm working. in San Diego working there. Yeah. So, and that's a year later. So that, that coach's camp happened. Can't stress this enough. A year ago, like right this coming weekend. This, like it's, it was a year ago. Wow. So for me, it's, uh, I was there a year ago. I didn't know where I was going to be living. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to get out of Los Angeles. I love the art. I love the photography, but I had a change. I didn't want to go back and work for a big business like I had been in the, in the entertainment industry. Right. I worked at Snapchat. I worked for the, the, the biggest, um, I worked at Snapchat for a year. That was the last held position um, before going on unemployment and then, uh, the last almost year and a half where I wasn't working, but I was traveling and then working with riding on insulin and beyond type one and, and doing that outreach. Um, but yeah, I, I worked in big business and I didn't want to go back and do that again. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I was making a positive impact on type one community by putting the filters and lenses on Snapchat that I was, that wasn't helping those individuals who I looked around and saw and said, you look like me. You need help. Oh, use this lens or filter. That's not that. That wasn't. That's not where I best. That's fit. not Matt. Yeah. But that was the end of my career. That I had started because I got lucky. Hmm. So ten years in an industry taught me a great deal about quality assurance, marketing, advertising, creative, everything. Hmm. I learned exactly what I needed to learn, and then I'll fortunately was was pushed out of that industry and then um i took the last year and a half almost two years uh to 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 do things for myself mm. and now i'm in a position to to work at tandem and do things for other people that's amazing but the the focus on myself had to come first so that was yeah that, that was a big piece of yeah prioritizing yourself and then making yeah. that contribution yeah yeah so with what people follow you on Instagram and the, and the whole community, they watch you just a whole bunch of adventures with diabetes. You and Forrest, they know you're and Forrest. And you recently got nominated for the Myabetic Diabetes Awards, which congratulations Thank on you. that. The best Yeah, that's duo. awesome. I think you're also One of my nominated. favorites. Thank you. So he's your co-host, Matt. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Look at you guys. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> awesome, man. It's an honor to be... Uh, it's amazing. Uh, Forrest and I, uh, my diabetic alert dog, Forrest and I, have been working together for two and a half years and we were nominated this year as the dynamic duo um, my favorite <laughs> I just, love you guys it's an awesome representation uh, all of the nominees are awesome representations of relationships of one or the other or both having diabetes and then how you support each other yeah um, so yeah I'm, I'm honored 
mm-hmm. you know that's been that's been uh, an amazing addition to to the last couple of weeks where I got nominated and I get to put that out in the community and say hey um, I feel real good about this because I work really hard with my dog uh, yeah. to maintain that relationship so yeah. yeah it's an honor so from the people watching you what advice can you give them on being super adventurous with diabetes because you are the adventurous <laughs> man with diabetes <laughs> I appreciate that man that's uh, it's it's uh, it's awesome to hear others when I go to meetups or when I sit down with individuals who are younger than me or older than me um, and we talk about routine and we talk about what they've done and what they want to do and like what makes them happy right. similar to what we've been talking about here is just mm. um, just listening to to other people um, so in the time that I traveled in the last two years I traveled almost 30,000 miles around the Pacific Northwest with Forrest wow. and my goal was to listen to people mm. my goal was to go talk to individuals now I wasn't able to meet up with diabetics in every city that I went to but I got a really good understanding of small town living in, in, in way far out areas that aren't really touched by mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And how do those individuals look at health? Do they look at health? Mm-hmm. Do they care about it? I didn't go into some log city or lo- small log town, log cabin town and, and ask everybody what they eat for breakfast. Yeah. I don't have to if, if I know that the only stores in town sell XYZ. So that was more of an adventure for my mind uh, than it was my body. But at the same time, I'm from Rhode Island, man. It takes 45 minutes to drive through my entire state. Wow. That's, yeah, Rhode Island's small, I've heard. Entire state, 45 minutes. And that's going the long way. All right. Wow. That's going up and down. It's a, little bit, it's a little bit longer than it is wide. But... Growing up in that state, it was like knowing everybody in town. You knew everybody who knew everybody, which mm. was interesting. Um, that is essentially like the diabetes community. That makes sense. Right. So um, I might have known somebody who you knew to put us in contact. Yeah. I think it was just through Instagram or Facebook or YouTube that we found each other and connected and started talking mm-hmm. and doing Skypes and getting Brandon Denson involved and, and doing Skype interviews with each other and just kind of talking about uh, who we were, what we did and like how we lived with diabetes. Like that was awesome, yeah. you know, and like that, that is essentially in the community that I grew up in in Rhode Island. Um, that was that was like that my first feeling of that, that, that kind of environment. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, I left that for a long time. And then when I left Los Angeles and came, I'm sorry, when I left New York and came to Los Angeles, I reinvigorated my desire to seek more diabetics out Mm. because the care for myself started to improve. Right, right. That's, it is like essentially when you say Rhode Island, you know, small community, everyone knows each other, diabetes, everyone knows each other, small community, which essentially, you know, it's. It's everyone's getting each other's back, but like on to riding on insulin. There's so many people out there that ask me questions about like, how do you deal with traveling with you know, on the airport, yeah, insulin sure, so. with like, you know, you have a nice car that the, helps with you and Forrest. And the yeah, so the, the small stuff, right? Um, how do you manage the small stuff when you want to travel and adventure, right? You, you mentioned being the adventurous man. Um, that is something that's in my heart. It's a passion that I have. If you find in yourself a passion or desire to go do something, you should do it. doesn't matter if it's adventure. Um, you should do it. The goal should be to move. Move your body, move your mind, move your soul. Um, 
and then continue to do that. You need to reflect, you need to relax, you need to look inward and, and take self-love very seriously when you do those things, yeah. when you go on adventures. Um, but when you find yourself in the middle of the woods, camping in your tent next to your fire with your dog, that, that's bliss. Right? That, that opens up, um, you can't hear any cars, you can't, all of those things. So I bought a truck two years ago thinking that I would want to go to those places and learn about doing these things away from all these people. Um, and that is, is, that is exactly what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, I get the dog, I get the tent, we get in the car, we drive north. We went to Yosemite, the Redwoods, um, to Crater Lake, uh, you know, up and down uh, uh, Utah, out to Moab, Salt Lake City area, uh, the Valley of Fire, um, the Grand Canyon, Montana, um, Idaho. Jeez. I drove my car all the way up to Canada, right? Wow. Um, and all the way up to Calgary through to Jasper. And like putting myself out on an adventure is always fun, but you need to be responsible. Yeah. Pack enough low snacks and yeah. take the stuff with you that you think you might need. Extra infusion sets if you use a pump. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a backup. I had a, a talk recently with, um, or we were in discussion recently at a UCLA medical group. What? Oh, um, is it the, the measles meet with the older folks? Yeah. Yeah, that was so, cool. I saw that. Yeah, that is my the last one, right? favorite group. They still do it oh, they on still Tuesdays. Oh, they your last yeah, one. Yeah, that was my last That's one cool. that I was able to go to. But right. man, oh man, I will miss that group because we talked. It was a raw conversation. Mm. No sugarcoating anything. Nothing. It was all gloves off. Uh, a, a handful of individuals over the age of 65 came into a room once every other month in a professional setting at UCLA and then in, in a restaurant every other month you know, that fell that we weren't meeting in the hospital, we would meet and have dinner. Yeah. So like every, every two months, there was a meetup. Wow. And it was with this group. And they were all 30, 40 years older than me. And, and um, I, very fortunately, I have a good rapport. I'm able to speak and then kind of befriend old people. Same. <laughs> and that, when you are able to build that type of relationship, it's not about, hey, I need you to trust me for any specific reason. I just want you to trust me because if you ask me a question... Let's get down to it and talk about it. Let's wipe it off the table. Yeah. Um, because my father was older, I was, I was uh, submerged in patience. I just I learned about being patient and then taking your time with people. Mm. And um, uh, my father, as, his age, uh, as he progressed in age and his health declined, um, I saw different ways to communicate and understand what he was getting at. So when I went into this room and we were talking and so-and-so's hearing aid isn't working and we did this and that, we're like, no worries, we can go back over it. Hey, Frank, get that hearing aid back in. Let's turn that bad boy up and let's start over. Like those, I wasn't the one giving the meeting. I was just an attendee. But my devotion to helping organize conversation and and pushing conversation in, in the manner that was beneficial to everybody let's get everybody on the same page we're talking about pumps and so this last meeting we were talking about 
traveling? Mm. And do you bring a backup? Mm. And there are some head scratching. I'm like, well, if you go to Europe, I went to Japan. Right. Well, you took my Japan trip as an example. When, when was that exactly? This was uh, February of 2018. Okay. So I went to Japan and uh, I brought my one drop meter and I brought my Dexcom. Uh, my, uh, I had Dexcom. I had a one drop meter. Yeah, I know you use one drop. That's right. And I had a, uh, my PDM and I had one vial of test strips for my PDM which is about 20 to 30 and I was in Japan for one week right and I had five vials which is about Ooh. 300 test strips for the one drop meter so I'm, I'm I'm really favored to be using the one drop meter my entire trip yeah okay my first day there we fly into Tokyo we get on a plane up into Sapporo um we go get ramen. Mm. First thing we do. Yeah, got to. I drop my one drop meter in my bowl of ramen. <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> no. In the ramen. In the ramen. Does it taste good? <laughs> my heart sank straight through the floor. I was, oh I was so stressed mentally at the first, at first. Because I was like, oh, oh crap. Yeah. yeah. What? But I had to think very logically about my situation. Could I reach out to the company? Yes. Can I ask them to ship me a new one? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Is that logical for them to do? No. It has to go through customs. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Right. So what I end up doing is relying on my Dexcom, calibrating uh, twice a day like normal. Right. But then not testing my blood any other time. Right. And I relied solely on the Dexcom Oof. and my finger sticks on my PDM. And I did fantastic. I wow. did great. I was very confident because the stress that I didn't have what I needed evaporated when I thought that I, I, could, I knew I could do what I wanted to do. And, and I knew I knew how to do it. The problem was if my PDM broke... Or my Dexcoms weren't working or whatever. You I was blind. dead in the water. Yeah. So if you, if you use a pump, maybe ask your doctor for samples mm. of pens. And then have, very important, to have the conversation about how much insulin you would need to use for a base and your boluses. Mm-hmm. So bring your backup basil, bring your backup bolus. If you go away for less than a week... And you get a couple of pens as samples and you keep them in your fridge and you go on a trip and you go whitewater rafting in the Grand Canyon with a guy named Paul Britt who works at Riding on Insulin. Look him up. What's up, Paul? <laughs> Shout out to Paul. Shout out to Paul. If you go whitewater rafting yeah. and you lose your pump, you are not getting it back. Oof. Right? Yep. Let's say it falls overboard. It's gone. Done. Well, in the bag that's in the van that's at your next drop spot where you guys are camping later tonight, you have pens. And you know that for the next two and a half hours before you get there and you're still paddling, you're burning carbohydrates. I mean, you're burning blood sugar right through. You're going to be, you might start to go up because you don't have a pump. But because you're working out and you're exercising, you're, you're, you're probably going to be. And then you get to your pens. 
So like that's the type of thought process that a lot of people don't, it's not a comfortable feeling to be without something that you rely so heavily on. Yeah. But from somebody who's lost and, and, and damaged and um, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about uh, my good friend Dustin, who, who program director at Riding on Insulin. Um, I believe he left his PDM in a different, in a van or a bus in Thailand. And that bus left. And that, how do you get that back? So, I don't, I think he got it back. I don't, I don't know. Sorry, no, sorry. For, sorry for calling you out, Dustin. <laughs> um, but he's using a tandem now. Oh, Anyways, I, I just, how, how do you, how do you compensate for something like that lost? And the answer is, do it yourself. Plan for it. Try to plan ahead. Yeah. Um, there are ways around it. Ask other members in the community. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I'm going away. I've never done this before. I, I need to try to find an option. Does anyone have an old pump? I have an old pump. If someone asked me to use it, or to get a new battery in it, I, I don't care what kind of pump it is. If you feel like that's the best way for you to manage your blood sugar, let me get you this pump. Yeah. I know I've given one away. I know I've given away supplies, a lot of supplies, not because I need money for them, but because I need you, another human, to, to do what you have to do for yourself and not stress about it. Right. Like, don't stress about taking the insulin. If you don't know how it's going to get in your system, let's get you the infusion sets. Yeah. Let's get you the Omnipods. Let's get you the syringes. Let's get you the insulin that you need. Yeah. So that type of community, like I was saying before, you just know somebody who knows somebody. Um, diabetics need to get a, li- a little bit more aggressive with their communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really need to step outside their comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, their comfort zone is blanketed by their disease. And they, they sh- a lot of people shroud in, in, in hide. Yeah. I don't mean to call anybody out. I'm not calling anybody out specifically. But right. if you feel like that you've hidden or you've walked away from something... Uh, go back to it. Like, go back and examine it. Re-examine it. Look at it again. Look at it a third time. Don't overthink it like beat a dead horse. But look at it from different angles. Mm. And then if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. That's it. You walk away. Yeah. So, um, diabetes isn't going anywhere. But your need to take care of yourself, um, it, it, it will change based on what you decide. Yeah what you use yeah exactly and it's the important thing to take from from what matt is saying is bring backup if you use a pump bring basil and bolus if you use a pen i'm not saying you need to have a backup pump but just think about it just think about it think about what your what your options are and and um you know nobody wants a pump malfunction nobody wants a loss of battery like nobody wants any of that stuff but if you're camping for five days uh you can do it you need to know what a basil you know you need to know what a temporary basil is you need to know how to how to break down um, the food that you're going to need. How much fat you need to sustain yourself. Do you know that if you eat fat in the morning paired with a lot of sugar that your blood might go high, but it will stay consistently high mm-hmm. for a while? Why? Well, the fat is keeping that, that sugar afloat in your system. Mm-hmm. Right? It's helping it sustain that. Right. That's a, well, if you think about that sitting at your desk when you're not doing any exercise, you should eat that same thing when you get out there on the trail. Right. And put that back in your system in a more positive way. Let's eat those good fats. Let's eat that protein in the morning. Yeah. Let's make sure that we get our carbohydrates. Um, we're not eating any added sugar and that sort of stuff. Right. It's the small stuff there that helps you start to build on what you want to see yourself doing. You get out the door, you're like, I don't need this anymore. You get out on the trail, you're like, I don't need that anymore. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, now I need just this and this. Right. 
So um, it's it's not a decision; it's a process. Yeah. Um, and while there are decisions that need to be made in that process, it's about getting started, mm. so that you can start making those decisions for yourself, and no one else is doing it for you. Yeah. I mean, I think the way I see it is you've gone through so much trial and error with getting outside, like you said, mountain biking and so many different trips and traveling, camping, so many different trials and error. And like you said, you focus on, okay, you know, this did this to me. Let me add this to that or add this to this. So it's like an experiment. And closing off, Matt, I just really, um, first of all, I want to acknowledge you. I love the content you're putting out. (laughs) You put a smile to so many people's face. You you show them that you can get out there and camp and do all these fun things and Thanks, still man. be someone who lives with diabetes with all this creative work. So thank you, Matt. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for, for bringing me on your, your guys' podcast. I mean, it's awesome. I'm, I'm super excited to, to, to be in this community as a member of this community and then also to help other members of this community. Of so that's always awesome to feel. So thank you, man. It's an honor. And last question, what important advice? There's someone listening right now that just got diagnosed. What advice do you have for them? No, it's so funny. It's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, um, that, that's something that's changed your life. I would, I would say be open and stay positive. Um, the, the easiest thing when you're a newly diagnosed type 1 diabetic is to feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of options. There's a lot of insulin. There's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of accountability. Um, depending on if you're 5 or 50, um, doesn't matter if you're newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes you have a life and you should be living it and if you're not go find it get out there get active get on a bike you don't have a bike um, you can ride city bikes there there, there are city bikes options um, you need to stay active and it helps your mind be more productive when you're more active walking is free free and if you can't walk um, there are different ways for you to stay active through art, um, through uh, engaging in conversation and communication. Um, if you have any questions, you can always feel free to contact me. My website is matthew.tarot.com. It's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-A-R-R-O. Ali. <laughs> Take note, Ali. Write that down. Dot com. And then um, I just rebranded my art in, um, insulin uh, my art type 1 diabetes site yeah. uh, to Inculin. So oh, wow. uh, I feel like I need ink and art as badly as I need insulin in my life. So, um, yeah, that is the new 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 path that we're looking yeah. to take with styling uh, T-shirts and getting some stuff out there, billboard type stuff. Yeah, um, yeah we're going to be making a big impact, hopefully, uh, through art, um, photography, and videography. And uh, if you're interested in getting involved, reach out. Um, through myself or Ali or Matt. Um, Matt and Ali are, are great representatives of the Type 1 community themselves, so it's an honor to be hosted by you guys. Thank you so much. Matt, the drop, we will link you below. <laughs> yeah, I love it, brother. Thank you, my man. Thank yeah. you so much. Appreciate it. Goodbye. Goodbye.